0: This is Steve Thompson, and I find it helpful to remind myself that John has pulled together a long teaching of Jesus in these chapters. And in the context of Jesus preparing for his final acts on earth, he's also trying to prepare his followers right then and there, as well as any future followers, for the realities, many of which are unseen— of what will happen after Jesus dies and then rises again. And so we continue on, John chapter 16, the first 15 verses. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues, and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they're doing a holy service for God, This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. When I moved to Brazil as a 15-year-old in 1986, there was no such thing as the Internet. Okay, maybe that's not quite true, but really, basically, no one had ever heard of it. And it wouldn't go super public for, like, another four years. But I wonder what it would have been like to have moved down there and to have had that technology to be able to communicate with my friends so much more easily back in the States. Instead of feeling totally isolated and cut off, how would that have changed what I did and how I interacted with the culture or just how I felt about the whole thing? It would have been a game changer. Now, it's not a clean comparison by any stretch, but it helps me feel a little bit what the disciples might have been feeling as they heard Jesus' words. We are basically being told that we're going to die for this, they said. I'm 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 thinking like they would think. At the very least, we're going to face a lot of anger and rejection. So how is it that you're not just abandoning us abandoning us to the same fate? It seems like you're just throwing us to the wolves here. <laughs> and the first question that comes to mind When we're going through painful circumstances, especially ones that we don't feel we deserve, or when we're accused of doing something that we didn't do, that first question is usually, Why me? I didn't do anything. What did I do to deserve this treatment? Jesus bypasses the deserving or the worthy part of that conversation and says simply that by following Jesus, and being associated with him, we can simply expect to get the same kind of treatment. We will suffer. We will suffer unfairly. In fact, that's probably more of the norm than what any of us listening to this podcast has experienced. I might be presuming a lot uh, with that statement of, of you listeners, but I'm pretty confident that when it comes to experiencing mistreatment because of Jesus, None of us have a really accurate picture of what that looks like. Either way, Jesus says, I know it'll be tempting to just chuck the whole thing, to give up and go with the flow, to join the other team. It would be way easier. I know. But I'm telling you that this is all part of the process. That unless I go away, an incredibly crucial step can't happen. The Holy Spirit needs to come and do the work that the Holy Spirit does. And there are two major functions. One, he's an advocate, a lawyer, or a judge. He's the one who makes sure that the cries of those who are unjustly accused and have grown accustomed to being swept under the rug, they will be heard. It might not seem like it, And it certainly isn't consistent or satisfying in this life. But the Holy Spirit has already started taking names and coming to the defense of those who have been wronged. Justice will happen. It's already started. I just need you to be patient. And then the second role of the Spirit is to continue to speak and lead those who might otherwise have been completely abandoned. Like they were brought into the middle of this hostile and foreign land all of the sudden, and then cut off from communications with home. It's simply not true. It turns out E.T. has a little red homing beacon on the end of his crazy long finger and a souped-up speak-and-spell to contact the mothership. I'm sure that was not in any way a useful metaphor, but that's what came to mind. (laughs) Let me just go back. Jesus is saying... That when we feel the most distance, when it seems as if we're lost and alone, the Comforter is here to guide us. And his messages, his thoughts and nudges are from Jesus himself. So I'm wondering if today is for any of us who might find ourselves in that boat. We're wondering if our case has been completely overlooked and will never be exonerated, maybe not even receive a hearing. Or if we're feeling completely abandoned in a cruel and foreign world, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today through this passage, through this podcast, through the silence that will inevitably ensue in a few moments, through the song that you'll turn on next to kill that silence, through the people that you will interact with throughout today? Holy Spirit, will you speak to us again, reminding us of the truth of who we are and whose we are? Replace any victim mentality with a warrior attitude that, in the most upside down of ways, we are sharing in Christ's suffering while simultaneously sharing in his victory and power and overcoming. Would you please change the lenses through which we see our day-to-day? Help us to find hope and fearlessness in that reality. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.